Well, good morning. It's good to have you here today. If you are in Kidmo, you can head on out. If you are a guest and you have a second through fifth grader, Kidmo is an environment where they can go and have uh, their own teaching, some fun, uh, games, and some small group stuff that they do. You're welcome to go see where they are, check them out, and then pick them up after the service, after we're done in here. Uh, it's really good to have you. just wanted to, to say thank you again to that helped us put together uh, our Valentine's banquet last night. We had a lot of fun. We were uh, silly, and uh, we ate really, really well. Um, and just thank you for all that did that. And the students, you guys did a great job uh, serving. And all the kids survived that they were caring for, so that's a win for us. Um, no, they, they did a great job. Uh, and Anyways, thanks for coming and for... Uh, being a part of that. We're also glad that uh, Stephen and his friends from the house worship team are here with us today. Aren't they fantastic? Uh, it's just a blessing to have them with us. <clears throat> and be praying for, for Josh and the family. They're going to be headed back, I think, today. Uh, they were up to for um, a family funeral. His uh, grandmother passed away, and so it was a grandfather, I'm sorry, passed away, and so it was a Difficult week for them of the funeral this week, so be praying for them on their way back. Um, there's a few things I want to do today, but we've been talking about our next, and I want to catch you up real quick if this is your first time with us in our next series, then we have another interview uh, that I want to, you to hear about someone else's next in our midst, and that has to do not with what's going on in the church, but what's going on outside of the church, um, but if you've not been with us so far, you can always go online and you can uh, listen to past sermons and you can catch up with us for next week. Our whole purpose in this is moving us beyond the here and the now, the things that we are living in, the, the rhythm that we comfortably fall into that very easily becomes a rut, and instead we are pursuing God's next for us. And so the first week we talked about the reality that God will meet you where you are, he will. That's one of the, our core values as a church is you can come as you are. God will meet you as you are, but he loves you too much to leave you there. He wants to take you somewhere. He wants you to experience something, and he wants you to go farther than you even believe that you can go yourself. Then we looked at the reality that we often don't miss God's best for our life because we are intentionally running from God. That's usually not what we're doing. Most of us are not running as fast as we can to get away, but in reality, what we're doing is we're missing God's best because we settle for everything else. I struggle with this. I'm sure you struggle with this, settling for things that are not God's best for us. Then we discuss the fact that if you accept God's next for your life, it's going to lead you to some uncomfortable places, to places of uncertainty and the unknown. And whenever you go there, you're going to have to rely on someone other than yourself because our temptation is to want to be in control and for us to know that we can handle whatever's happening. But God's going to move us consistently into the uncertain and the unknown. And then last week, we looked at the story of Jesus walking on water, which if you missed last week, uh, go back and listen to that. It is it's so important for all of us to understand this. And in reality, what Peter learned and what he knew in that moment was that it was better to be out of the boat with Jesus than be in the boat without him. So what I want to talk to you today about is something that if you're going to embrace what we're saying, if you're going to embrace the next for your life, 
You've got to be able to do one thing consistently throughout your life, and that is to dream. Before we do that, I want to ask Leslie if she'll come up here with me. I asked Leslie two or three, I just told her, I'm interviewing her, by the way, just as I was about to walk up here. I asked her two or three weeks ago if I could, and she said, well, just pull me up. Don't tell me ahead of time. So, um, so that's what I'm doing. Here you go. I'll think about it. Too. You can sing if you want. You feel more comfortable singing with a microphone in your hand. Somebody already did that. Okay. All right. And, the, and if you did not read Leslie's blog that she did for us a couple of weeks ago, then I want to encourage you to go and read it. But Leslie, I, you shared with me and then <coughs> shared with us through the blog about something you believe God has been showing you significantly through some, some real life transition in your life. So you shared that as you got started in this new job, it, it was a pretty uncomfortable situation. Yeah. yeah it was. So, so I, I don't want you to share anything too deeply, but, but what, what I'd like for you to share is a little bit of the transition you made from that uncomfortable entry into this job and then the realization, kind of what you just shared, moving, moving to where you're headed with your intentional focus at work. Where the person who is is my boss 
thought I was there to take her job because people had told her that. And so I had to overcome that. Um, and no one was impolite or rude to me. They were very nice. And I don't know if that was out of fear or what, but they didn't really try to hurry up and get to know me and find out why I was there. They just made a, a lot of assumptions. Um, and the person whose job I got, technically, um, she, she had a lot of anger, but it wasn't directed towards me, so I was glad about that. Um, but it's been great to be able to come in there and show them that I'm not in there to take anybody's job. I'm not in there to hurt anybody. Um, and it was funny to, to go in there, and they're all like, oh, you go to church? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I go to church, and I sing at church, and I'm an imperfect Christian, and I'm just as flawed and broken as everybody else, and... Um, and you're going to see that, just not immediately. But let me start living in front of you, and you're going to see that. So, um, but it's it's been good to, um, I mean, and it's not it's not been easy, but it's been good to have something new, um, and it's been good to uh, know that I'm where God put me, um, because he, and I'm not being rude to God when I say this, he pesters me when I don't do what I'm supposed to do, and I know. Oh, yeah, I Yeah, good, good. So what would you say to someone that was under the assumption that to pursue God's next means it has to be done in the walls and confines of a church? What would you say to them? No, it's everywhere. It's a daily thing. Um, it's looking everybody in the eye. It's saying hello to people. It's, um, if, if you're, I want to be seen, and not because I like want the spotlight, but I want, you know, raise your hand if you hope somebody sees you every day for who you are and what you are. And, you know, we pass by people all the time that, that we don't even look at them. And you can see it. You can mm -hmm. see it in media. Um, if you're considered insignificant because of your circumstances, you're invisible to the majority of the population. And all it takes is one person saying hello to that person that's got their head down. Um, I mean, I've walked in, uh, headed into Walmart and seen a lady that looked like she was just about to lose her mind. And I said, are you okay? And she's like, y yes, yes, I am. But she was so deep in thought and distraught about whatever it was that was going on, you know. And, mm -hmm. and she just looked panicked, you know. Mm -hmm. And Stephanie will tell you, I'm one of those people that when we go to centrifuge, if somebody's sitting there looking like they're hurting, I want to walk over and find out. You know, if I can't do anything else, I can pray. Mm -hmm. you know? And I can let you know that I see you. And if I see you, God sees you because he sees all of us individually and collectively. And I think we lose that in the big thing of we got to be part of the body. And if we're not part of the body, God doesn't see us. But um, even though we're one person in billions of people, he still sees us individually. And I think people need to know that every day. And so that's pretty much what I'm trying to do at work is be different, be different than I was at my old job because I was so absorbed by um, pursuing the perfection of the craft that I forgot that I worked with people. And now I'm in a place where I have time to see that I work with people. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, very good. All right. Well, thank you very much, Leslie. And um, that, I hope that's encouraging to all of us that our our next is not always going to be a program in the church or something that we do here Many times, you know, we're building the kingdom, not inside the church. We're building the kingdom outside the church. 
And so the work that we do here is, is a, in a sense, a coming together and a, a encouraging and re-energizing to go out and build the kingdom out there because that is where our ministry is. And so um, I'll be sharing a little more about that later. But thank you, Leslie. She was, she was not re- really excited when I asked her, but thank you for being willing to come up and share. And I, I, we're going to have some others they are going to be sharing in the next couple of weeks. And if you feel that God is putting a next on your heart, I really want to hear it. And you don't, that doesn't mean you'll have to come up here and talk about it, because <laughs> uh, I don't want you to keep your story to yourself if that's a fear. Um, but I want to hear what God is doing in you, and I, I believe that, that God wants to do something significant um, in our lives. All right, so if you want to follow along on version, we're going to go through this kind of quickly today. I'm not going to do a lot of... of Scripture. I'm, we're going to focus primarily on Ephesians chapter 3. If you want to turn there, you can either go on your phone or uh, you can go in your Bible if you brought your Bible. Um, <clears throat> but here's, here's where we're going today. And the truth is that you are likely, knowing what we know about culture, knowing what I know about a lot of your schedules, you are likely not a person who would say, I am regularly dreaming God's dreams. Now, I don't mean that whenever you go to bed at night, you have these crazy dreams where you're flying through the clouds and little cupids are trying to shoot you down, you know, as you're flying. I don't mean those kinds of dreams. I don't mean the kind of dream that you go out and then all of a sudden you just take off and, you know, you, you take care of all the bad guys in the world. You know, those kinds of dreams that we sometimes have as kids. I mean the kinds of dreams that you begin to see as God sees And even more so than that, you begin to feel the tug of God in your life to say, I have something for you. There is nothing more depressing than being a Christian without purpose. To sit in and listen to sermons, to study your Bible studies, to read about what God has done in Scripture, and to feel that God is not at work in your life, or that God is not drawing you somewhere for something. I do believe that in our church we're seeing that happen more and more. Last week uh, we did a we did a, a behind the curtain, which we're going to have to stop calling it that. That sounds so bad, um, but it was kind of a meet the pastor kind of thing. And um, everyone who showed up, you guys are regular. You've been here for a while. You've been attending for a while, but God has been moving you to towards something. And maybe you don't know completely what that something is. For me, that tells me God is at work in our community, drawing us somewhere, which is the point of following Him. And I love that we can do that as imperfect people. If we're going to pursue God's next for our lives, we must learn to dream again. I'm going to share some ways in which you can prompt the dreaming Dreaming is completely in the hands of God giving you the dream. But I will, I will tell you right now, if you are busy from sun up to sundown, and I don't just mean with work. If you are busy with your hobbies, if you are busy with family stuff, if you are busy with church stuff, and you are busy with work stuff, in that you do not ever have a chance to stop and reflect, then you're going to miss the dream. I've talked to a few people lately just about being bored, and I like to joke about the fact that I've not been bored in years. Uh, I say that because it makes me feel good, 
Because that makes me sound like I'm important, doesn't it? I've got so many important things to do. You know, that's one of the reasons we like to tell people we're busy. I'm busy because I'm an important person. But the truth is, and this is one of the things that for our kids and for us as adults, one of the reasons that screens and Netflix and video games and phones are so detrimental to us today in our society is because they entertain us every moment of the day. And I'll tell you what, I have never been in a movie and had a life-changing epiphany in the middle of the movie. Now, maybe some of you have. I did when I was a kid. I was going to be a fighter pilot when I went to saw Top Gun for the first time. I was, that was my tra- trajectory. And I knew I could do it because if Tom Cruise can do it, I can do it. I didn't do it. But I've never truly had an epiphany or God say to me, I've got a plan for your life while I was being entertained. Those screens, one of the reasons they're so detrimental to us is that we never are bored anymore. And as a kid, I was bored a lot. And it was that boredom that caused me to use my imagination and to reach out beyond just what is in front of me to what could be, what should be, what is God saying to me. And whenever we have no freedom, no space in our agendas, we have no time to just let our minds drain and just be open to whatever God might do, and we never have those moments, then we are keeping God from being able to speak to us. And so one of the crucial aspects of dreaming, if you don't have this in your life, and what I know about people today is that you don't have time in your life, is that if you're going to embark on God's next for you, you're going to have to create some margin in which God can speak to you. And if you filled every moment of your life with everything else, there is no place in which God can speak. So you will have to create space for what we're going to talk about. Ephesians 3.20, I'm going to read from the message, this verse in the message, then we're going to hit back in what we normally read in the ESV. But the message, I love how it puts this. God can do anything, you know, for far more than you could ever imagine or dream or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us. His spirit deeply and gently within us. There is something about dreams that causes life to be beautiful. There is something about imagining something is going to be better, you're going to go farther, you're going to experience more that draws us and gives us hope, it gives us purpose, it helps us enjoy the journey, so to speak. Edgar Allan Poe said this, Deep into that darkness peering, long I stood there wondering, fearing, doubting, dreaming dreams no mortal ever dared to dream before. And in Edgar Allan Poe's words, that is for us our call in following Christ. That we dream beyond what we know. We dream beyond what we even believe we're capable of. We dream beyond hoping, praying, knowing this will only come about if God shows up. And in those moments that God shows up, it changes your life forever. All by dreaming dreams. A lot of us will end up being focused on our jobs. We end up being focused on where we've been. Some of us 
have made some significant mistakes in our life, and we feel we're repaying those mistakes all the time. And yet dreaming draws us forward. It draws us into something that isn't yet happening, hasn't yet been done. Thomas Jefferson said, I like the dreams of the future better than the history of the past. Amen? I'm thankful that we can have dreams of the future no matter what the past is. As we look through Scripture... We find that God has spoken to many people through dreams. And just, just a, here, here's just a small cross-section of the people that God spoke to in significant dreams that made a, a huge impact in the world. God, in a dream, appeared to Noah and told him to build an ark and save all of humanity. It was through a dream, a dream that Noah realized he needed to do that. It was through a dream that Abram was called to go create a great nation that would become God's chosen people that would be the birthplace of the Savior for the entire world. It was in a dream that Abram was called out. It was in a dream that Joseph, when he found out his betrothed was pregnant and he was not the dad, a dream that God said, stay the course, I am in this. We are changing the world. The Magi had a dream that saved their life and allowed them to go on and let their testimony live on in the area. When he, When God in a dream appeared to them and said, don't return the way you came, Herod wants to kill you. And Paul had a dream that would ultimately change the world. What I know about you, if you're not right now living in the pursuit of a dream in which God has given you, you have not yet found the exciting moments of your journey with Christ. I don't mean that in every moment you feel that you are conquering the world. None of us feel like we're conquering, conquering the world every moment of our lives. But you should be drawn towards something that says you are able, you are capable. God is working in you, through you to do something that's going to change the world, not only for you, but for others. And if we shut down the propensity to dream, if we close off our imaginations and we only live in the moments that we have to get through day by day, we end up surviving and never trying for something better. That's why we get stuck. That's why we want to give up in the moments that we say, God, why are you not at work in my life? It's because we have ceased to see the next that God has for us. That he's beckoning and calling and pulling us towards us because he has asked us to partner with him and not just be busy in this world. God wants to give you a dream that you cannot fulfill on your own. Now this is easy to say, but it's hard to embrace. How many of us are really willing to pursue something that we cannot fulfill on our own? We want to feel confident. We want to feel capable. We want to feel like, I got this. I can do this. And yet, whenever God gives us that dream, it goes beyond us. Perhaps the most famous discussion of a dream is not really all that old. But it comes from a time and from a man who had a dream, and yet he still has not fulfilled his dream, even though he passed years ago. Martin Luther gave a, or Martin Luther King, I wrote Martin Luther in my notes, 
Not Martin Luther. It was, before, it was sooner than that. Martin Luther King had a dream. Let me just read you a portion of his speech that he made. He says, I say to you today, my friend, so even though we face the difficulties of today and tomorrow, I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed, which is we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that one day even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day down in Alabama with this vicious racist, with this governor having his lips dripping with the words of interposition and nullification, one day right there in Alabama, little black boys and black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and white girls as sisters and brothers. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day every valley shall be exalted, every hill and mountain shall be made low, the rough places will be made plain, and the crooked places will be made straight, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. This is our hope. This is the faith that I go back to the south with. With his faith, we will be able to hew out the mountains of despair, a stone of hope. With his faith, we will, we will be able to transform the jangling discords of our nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. With this faith, we will be able to work together, to pray together, to struggle together, to go to jail together, to stand up for freedom together, knowing that we will be free one day. As we look around our world today, we see so much of his dream has come to pass, but at great cost, and it is not complete. Which shows that you can have a world-changing dream that is so big that it may not be fully realized in your lifetime. Because not all dreams are fully accomplished in the lifetime of the first dreamer. Because he was the one that made the dream known and pushed things forward but he was not the only dreamer. This is how God works because God wants us to change the world. And he does that through the community of faith called the church. And so it's very possible that you will have a dream and God will draw you somewhere and it will be so significant, so earth-shattering, there's no way you can do it on your own and it may take years to come to fruition. But he does have that dream for you. There is one God who is working in one people, in one direction, through one spirit, one Lord, one baptism, one faith that's working through all and in all. Which means that when God gives you a dream, he's probably giving some other people a dream very similar that's, that are going to come alongside of you. But we, re- we require God to be at work in those moments. As I look over our church, this is one that 
we created or we moved in this to, to create this church out of a dream. It was a dream not to just be another church, not just to do worship different, not just to meet in a different kind of environment, but we could reach into our community and make changes in people's lives that other churches might not be able to do, especially in a, in a culture as entrenched in churchdom as this one is. A different idea, a different way of doing things, a different way of talking. And, and 10 years in and doing this, we have not yet accomplished the dream. We've come a long way. And as I look back, and especially as I hear your testimonies, and I hear what God is doing, and we see lives that are being changed in the midst of us, we are seeing pieces of the dream coming together, coming into fruition, but we have not yet made the difference in our community that we have sought. My hope is that God will continue to work in us and that we will be patient for that dream to be fulfilled even when it doesn't happen immediately. It's one of the reasons we do things different at Journey. It's one of the reasons we look different at Journey. It's one of the reasons we don't promote ourselves through every single way that we can because I found that when you promote yourself for all your cool stuff that you do, you don't necessarily lead anybody to know Christ. We could do that. This, this week, I'm going to be speaking to a whole bunch of ministers about how they can promote their ministry, and yet I do that knowing because I do that for businesses, but for the church, I know that if we do not stay centered on the reality that Jesus is our life, He is everything and the only thing, it doesn't matter why you come to church. And so we will be patient for this dream to be fulfilled. I, I, I hope for those times when we continue to see those who are hurting and those who are broken come to know Christ. People who don't have any friends and they come in and they find friends. People who don't know what direction they're going to go in their life and they come and through a community of faith they find that they have much more to them than they knew that they ever believed that they could go farther than they ever thought they could go. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 talks a little more about what we read <coughs> from verse 20. And if we don't read the context leading up to verse 20, we will miss much of what, he's trying, what Paul's trying to say to the church in Ephesus. Starting with verse 14, it says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Holy Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to power, the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. As we read through this, some things I want you to pull out and I want you to think about in this coming week is that one, dreams require us to be strengthened with power through his spirit. 
you cannot, should not be able to accomplish your dream by yourself. Although you will settle for those dreams that you can take care of yourself because they're comfortable and they're safe. And if you'll remember, whenever God calls us into insecurity, we typically will fight and want to be safe. We will always choose the safety and security of our own abilities rather than trusting in someone else's because it's dangerous and we might fail. And if you're a person who has failed before, if you're a person who is accustomed to falling, if you have a lot of people in your life telling you you're failing, (laughs) those are always the best people, aren't they? Don't you love those people who like to remind you of all your faults? They're a lot of fun to be around. You want to spend a lot of time with them. If you're surrounded by those kinds of people, then they're going to make you even more want to just stay where you're safe and competent, where you can cover up anything that you don't want people to see. But dreams, dreams require us to be strengthened with the power through His Spirit, which means you will never accomplish God's dream on your own. If you have a dream that's forming in your mind and you already have all the pieces in place, it's probably not His dream. It's probably your dream or somebody else's dream that you think you can pull off. One of the one of the things you have to, if, especially if you struggle with this area of fear, the fear of failure, you have to remember a couple of things. One, you are made in God's image. That means within you, brokenness sin aside, within you, you are made in God's image. He has crafted within you not all of his innate abilities, but you mimic him. In his image, you are capable of far more than you believe you are capable of. And it's very easy to doubt that God wants to do something in you. But when we read through Scripture, we find that God not only has created you in his image, he has, at this point in history, through the power of Jesus Christ, he has also given us the indwelling Holy Spirit. You are filled with the active and living Holy Spirit, which means you should never do anything on your own if you know Christ. You will always have the Holy Spirit, even if you feel like a failure still. God wants to work in you and do something in you that is amazing. Dreams require us to be strengthened with the power of His Holy Spirit. Dreams also strengthen our faith through Christ dwelling in our hearts. And the reason that your faith is strengthened through dreams is not that you dream, although that gives you hope, purpose, and it's something exciting to look forward to. It's when you begin to see God show up and fulfill the dream that your faith is strengthened. But again, if you're only pursuing those things that you know you can do by yourself, you will never give God credit for those things coming to fruition because you knew you could do them by yourself. That's why our dreams have to be big. That's why our dreams have to be bigger than us. They can't be something that we can do on our own. God will give you a a dream about yourself, what he wants you to do, and how he is going to use your life to change the world. Our dreams almost always I would, even, I, I would even take out the almost. Our dreams always involve other people. I know a lot of folks that uh, have a lot of dreams. 
dreams for their businesses, dreams for their families, dreams for themselves. And the truth is that God's dreams are not just for ourselves. I've seen men leave their wives to pursue their dreams. That's not God's dream. God will never tell you to leave your family to pursue a dream. (laughs) I've seen people abandon all of their relationships to pursue the dream of a successful job or a successful business. That's not God's dream. Your dream is never going to be solely about you. Not that you don't matter. Not that God doesn't want to do something within you, but God wants to use you to make an impact for the kingdom, not just in your life. If your dream is just about you, like for me, I want to be a fighter pilot. Well, at this point it's too late, so I've got to think of something else. That's not God's dream. That may be my dream, but that's not God's dream. God's dream always involves other people because God's always looking at the redemption of all humanity, not just our little individual life. We are a part of the whole, which is the picture of the church, which is why I'm so eager for you to pursue the next that God has for you and why we're, that's why we are cashing in a crazy idea that the direction of our church needs to be determined by the people in the church who are hearing God. If you don't, think that's a huge thing then try pastoring a church when everybody wants control of it which has been our experience in the past but i believe god wants to say something to us and let us work as he says we are we are a body made up of different parts each one has a role to play and if one person is not fulfilling the role that god has called them to then the body is not functioning correctly And whenever we create some kind of a a program or some kind of a structure that is so narrowly defined that you have to fit in our structure, rather than saying, is God speaking to you, maybe the structure needs to be changed. We force you into a place. And if you're not going to a place because God has led you there, then it won't work. (laughs) We're just asking you to be a part of our organization. We're not asking you to be the church. God's dreams are not just for ourselves. God will give you a dream to build his kingdom. God will give you a dream to change the lives of the oppressed. God will give you a dream to spread the gospel. God will give you a dream that blesses you by blessing others. But God will never lead us to contradict his values for our own personal dreams. It's so easy to do that. Let me ask you this. Do you have a dream right now that would help others? If you do, God's probably saying something to you. If your dream begins to move beyond your own personal confines of your life and you have a dream that spreads out to affect others, that may be God beginning to prick your interest, saying, listen to me, I've got something for you. Will you come? Will you follow me? It's going to be big. It's going to be hard People's lives are going to be changed because that's what God's about. God will strengthen you to know His will and believe in His incredible calling for your life. When I grew up in the church, I I felt that calling only came to to two groups of people. (laughs) It came to church staff and missionaries. 
you got called in one of those two things. And I, I felt that way because the only time we ever did any kind of acknowledgement of calling in someone's life was when they were going into ministry or going somewhere for missions. But when we understand that as calling, we miss the fact that God has a calling for every one of us and that while those positions are important in the kingdom, they are not more important than every other position in the kingdom. That God is positioning where He will to do what they will. Wherever God calls you, God will empower you to be successful. Ephesians 3.20 Again, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power at work within us. Just let that sit in your minds and on your hearts for a bit. What is excluded from this? I mean, if he's more than able to accomplish even more than you could ever possibly comprehend... What happens when he gives you a dream that feels impossible? He is capable. Now, there are times that we may misunderstand the dream. I, ten years into planning journey, I constantly feel God is refining the dream in me where I have made assumptions based on my past or experience or cultural trends that that is not what God was saying. And so we are constantly shifting based on what God is drawing us to because he is constantly showing us what that dream is. And how to better understand it. But God can do it. He can bring it about. So how do you? Let me, let me end with this. How do you prepare for God's dream? Let me just give you some things, some ideas. This is not a formula. As we said last week, there, there's no formula for this. <laughs> it's not like, okay, you show up to church three weeks in a row and then also come at least one Wednesday. In those three weeks, you need to give at least 3% of whatever your income has been in the last couple of weeks, and you need to do that maybe twice. And if you'll sing at your greatest passion during at least two worship songs in every worship service you attend, God will give you a dream. That would be great. We could sell a book, and we could sell a ton of books. But that doesn't mean you'll know his dream. It's not a formula, but there are some things that you can do in order to open yourself to hear his dream. And the first one is not very very unique. It's very true. Number one, spend time with God in prayer. How can we hear from someone that we don't spend time with? We don't. We don't. You have to spend time with Him. You have to spend time not just speaking to God. I, I, I have some friends, and sometimes I have to watch myself. I get around certain people, and I just can't stop talking. You, you ever do that? Sometimes it's because I'm nervous. Sometimes it's just because I have so much I want to tell them. And I, I will literally have something within me say, Mark, just shut up. Stop talking. And then sometimes other people just tell me that themselves, and that helps too. That's helpful. But spending time with God in prayer is not just us telling Him all the problems that we have and all the things we need Him to do and all the things we want Him to do. It is time where we have to listen. And I'm telling you, God speaks in those quiet moments that you have set aside to say, I have so many other things I could be doing, but in this moment, it is for God to speak to me. And when you give Him those moments, He speaks. Second thing, and this 
This becomes more true the longer I'm a Christian, the longer I'm alive. Study everything you can about God's character and His instructions to you. Gosh, there are so many times I have prayed for something over and over, and in my, my Bible reading, I'll read some scripture I had, I've just glossed over before, and right there was the answer to my prayer. Like, God, why won't you answer me? Well, because I put it in my book. If you would just read my book, you'd have the answer, you know? We've got to spend time getting to know Him and what He's already taught us. It's not that your dream is necessarily written in some secret code in that by that text that you're reading, but it's that we understand him more. We, we get it. We understand the dream better. A third thing you can do, and this is, I'm the, I'm the biggest hypocrite in the room when it comes to this. The third thing we can do is to refuse to allow busyness to crowd out your, your time to daydream. If you have no free time, I'm telling you, you've got to create some. If you have no time to be quiet, if you have no time to daydream, you're missing out on the beauty of life. You have to create time for this. You have to stop and let your mind just empty out. And I don't mean that you sit for five minutes while you're thinking, as soon as it's five minutes up, I've got five things I've got to do. That's not emptying your mind. You're still busy. I mean time that you can push it away. Some of you, you may be so snowed under that you just, you've got to hit it hard this week and you've got to work and, get, and clear your plate so you can have this time. If that's what you need to do, then do it. What can happen, and I'll tell you this from experience, is you can artificially fill your plate because it's easier to live that way than it is quietly seeking God. And so there are times I'm like, I'm going to clear my plate so I've got time for you, God only to find that I have filled my plate up, plate up again. You've got to create margin. You've got to refuse to allow busyness to crowd out your time to daydream. A fourth thing is, you need to share your dream with other dreamers. That's why I want to hear from you. That's why I want to hear what God is doing within your life. Because it's our ability to encourage each other and say, yes, I see that. I, I can see God's he, I can see how he's gifted you for that. I can see how God has moved you for that. I can see what God is doing in this. You know what? I, I, I want to be a part of that dream too. That is a beautiful moment in the body of Christ when we are encouraged by the dreams God gives us. And one of the reasons that we don't share our dreams is because we're scared to that somebody's going to go, yeah, that's a stupid dream. That's, we're scared to death. But the truth is, there are some things that will not excite you one bit, but man, they get my motor revving. I'm ready to go. God, yes, let's go for it. And maybe nobody else cares. It doesn't matter if God's the author of it. But what I find more often than not, I have never shared a dream with another dreamer and had them go, that was a stupid dream. Because dreamers know the value of the dream even if it's not their dream. <clears throat> I've got some friends that I'll go to and I'll, I will just share the most ridiculous things of what I think God is showing me. And I'm like, please don't hate me and tell me you won't hang out with me again after I tell you what I think God's showing me. And man, they just come alongside and encourage. That is, man, that is just, that is so awesome. Other dreamers give you the courage to pursue your dreams. 
And if you're surrounded by people that squash dreams, you're surrounded by the wrong people. We need to lead them to Christ, but we don't need to let them run us into the ground. Be around other dreamers. <coughs> and the fifth one, and this may be where you are right now. Once you know you are dreaming God's dream, you've got to act. There's a place for dreaming, and then there's a place to act. And when you begin to see it, you need to act. Vincent Van Gogh said, I dream of painting, and then I paint my dream. And that's what we must do. I'm going to pray with you, and then we've got just a quick video I want you to watch before before we close with our last worship song. Today's a little different. I hope that you'll leave this place opening your minds to what God may be saying, or if God is already saying something to you, you in faith and excitement continue to seek for him to show more to you. And if it's time for you to act and you need help in acting, that's what the church is here for. I want to see us act together. Would you pray with me? Father, God, I thank you that you share the mysteries of this supernatural world with us in so many wonderful and exciting ways. I thank you for the dreams that we have because of you. I thank you that you have asked us to work with you, not do stuff for you, and that you will empower us, that you allow us to be a part of growing the kingdom and changing the world. I pray for those in this room that feel that they don't have anything to add and there's no way they can fulfill that calling. I pray that you would give them strength just as Paul taught about in Ephesians. Give them strength to trust, strength to see and to know that you are at work, that they are created in your image, that the Holy Spirit dwells in them ready to do the supernatural. Help us to see your dream and help us to act. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.